And if you believe that distractions last a little while, but the problem still remains, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, and tonight we're talking about American Standards. Oh yeah. Don't you love that American Standards? I do. You know, it's been a long time coming. I've been telling Brandon forever that we were going to do this, and uh, well, we're finally going to do it. So uh, here you go, buddy. For those that do not know, Brandon Kellum was actually the first guest that would appear on Discography Discussion Podcast way back on episode 10 when we decided to talk about Solid State and Tooth and Nail Records. So That is correct. You would think we could have got one hour total of music in between now and then because while the discography is not small, the feature length, as it were, is quite brief, but... When you get to know these guys, you find out real quick that they're all about giving you the best they got right up front and throwing out the fluff, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's no bullshit. It's all straight to the point. So American Standards is a chaotic hardcore or metalcore band or post-hardcore noise punk math core whatever you want these guys play some really chaotic music and it is in your face it is extremely intense and um it's gonna rip your face off and uh that's uh what we're all about here at discography discussion so we are going to dive into that discography here just in a few moments but before we do that joe uh, we got a well a literal shit ton of uh <laughs> feedback uh, to read through and uh, we'll try as hard as we can to get through all of it make sure we mentioned everybody that sent us a message uh, over the past couple of weeks and uh, we will do our very best to try to answer all of them as good as we can uh, unfortunately uh, I'm sure there may be a couple people that are missed and for that I apologize we'll try to get you on the next one Well, before we get to listener feedback and American Standards, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts. We even repost on YouTube. So if you've got a Google Home or an Amazon Echo, you can use that particular keyword for whichever speaker you have and ask it to play the latest episode of Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Uh, we definitely love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. Um, we actually haven't received any in a while, but that's okay. If you're feeling uh, feeling new to the podcast and you want to contribute in some way, shape, or form, the best thing you can do for us is to get on get on the old iTunes and uh, give us a review uh, that reflects how you feel about our podcast. So whatever kind of review you think we deserve is uh, totally awesome, and we appreciate it from you. Um, I've also added functionality to the Discography Discussion Facebook page. Uh, if you like us on Facebook, you now actually have the ability to review the podcast. So uh, if you don't feel like navigating through iTunes and give us a review, uh, you can leave us a review right here on Facebook. 
uh, that's uh, that's definitely a cool thing that we'll be uh, checking in on uh, routinely. And if anything's cool, we'll uh, we'll be sure to read whatever you wrote on there. Uh, definitely hit us up. So in 2018, amongst other developments we've had, uh, we are actually part of the Amazon.com affiliate links program. So whenever we talk about an album, uh, we're going to try to put an Amazon affiliate link in our show notes for every album that we talk about on each episode. Uh, what that means for you is that all the albums are now conveniently in one place for you to go and buy at your leisure. And every time you buy something off of one of the, our links, uh, that does actually go towards helping the podcast uh, in some capacity. And uh, we really appreciate that. And we're just trying to make it easy for you to get the music that you want to get. Another way you can support the podcast is at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks there if that's your thing, including but not limited to playing Doom versus me and Dan. Get ready to lose. Uh, I lose every time. (laughs) So what we have captioned in our show notes as catching up on last week's episode, um, we have a lot of new followers on Twitter. We have a lot of new followers on YouTube, and we have a literal and figurative shit ton of feedback, so bear with us if you're new to the podcast. We are going to talk about American Standards shortly. In regards to episode 37, that was our Deadsy episode, TJ the drummer, that would be the drummer for Spectre Media Group. Yeah, that's uh, he does uh, videos with Glenn Fricker, right? Yes, Okay. Cool. Uh, and he his question was, with the rise of Retrowave, how do you think Deadsy would have fared today compared to 15 years ago? And I did respond to that myself, saying, if nothing had changed, I really do think that the end result would have been the same. You know, it's, it's frustrating to find a band that is that good, that you love, that you really feel like came out at the wrong time. But if nothing was changed... I, I think it would have been the same. Eventually, it would have dropped off. I no, I agree with you. I mean, I think that I think with Deadsy, they were really unique. But I, what I don't see from Deadsy that I see from a lot of other bands is a really strong motivation to push forward. I think they're a band where the art is more important than the sale, and unfortunately, that's not what the mainstream music industry really wants. Uh, so with Deadsy, I think I think we're going to get new material from them uh, in increments, weird gaps of time, and uh, you know hopefully the diehards are still around whenever they decide to do something new. Get ready to be corrected a lot because what follows is all of the YouTube comments we've gotten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, can I jump on this one, Joe? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, I got a YouTube comment from Julian of Saytown. Or S.A. Town. I think it's S.A. Town. Go with that. Sounds about right. Anyway, uh, the comment was, she likes Big's Word as a cover. Uh, I just read that it was a scrap Duran Duran song that was completed by Deadsy. Also, Deadsy are releasing a new EP this year at Elijah Blue on Instagram at Elijah Blue Official. Went on to say he has posted several snippets on his feed, but takes them down a few days later. If you search Deadsy Moon of Titan on YouTube... Somebody has been posting the snippets on there. Well, thank you to whoever's doing that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, to which I, I responded, you know, it, it's not a cover. Uh, I found out after we did the episode, uh, it did remind me of another song I heard by Flock of Seagulls, but it turns out that I was thinking of a different song. I'm not predominantly a, a British uh, pop music fan from the 80s, uh, so it's uh, really hard for me to, you know, I'm really, really kind of out of my element uh, when I'm talking about that kind of stuff, so I do apologize uh, for making that mistake on there, but 
if you want to know about metal, I, I got you covered. But uh, <laughs> '80s Britpop, not not as much. So I apologize for that. I'm gonna go on a limb and say this person's name is Swegta. Swegta, Swegta, or S W E G T A. You never know. <laughs> I'm so glad someone posted this on the Deadsy subreddit. Wow, whoever did that, thank you. Uh, listening to this really podcast cool. was a blast. I'll be sure to stay tuned for more. By the way, Deadsy is currently working on a new album. I see a recurring theme here, Dan. Yeah, it sounds like we might get something. I'll believe it when I see it, but... Apparently it was going to be released in late 2017, but was postponed until mid-2018. That sounds like Deadsy. This week's symposium comment is going to go to Kake Nasty. You win the award, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready for this. Cool podcast. Nice synopsis of Deadsy discography. Crispy sludge tone. The Deadsy Z-Tar was out way before Guitar Hero games were released to put them into historical context. Okay. She likes big words, has Duran Duran bass player John Taylor credited in the album liner. First mix originally had saxophone solo. Parts of the Elements track were recorded in Tommy Lee's basement studio. Mm. Deadsy needs to cover the Nestle Alpine White Chocolate Bar commercial song. I'll go with that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for that. Flowing Glower is legit. Cruella is one of the best. The intro is so atmospheric. Nice glory hole vocal impression, by the way. Oh, thank you. I aim to impress. <laughs> Every day since he's heard it. Uh, Fred Durst directed the Key to Gramercy Park video. Phantasmagor was definitely more stripped down than Commencement. Not as refined, but supposedly they had to rush album completion to get on the 2006 Family Values Tour. Talkbox reminds me of Bon Jovi 2. Absolutely right, because there's really only two guys that use the Talkbox. But But I still like the Book of Black Dreams. The intro to Phantasmagor is a homage to a track from the Risky Business motion picture soundtrack by Tangerine Dream. Dream Crusher is Deadsy's most frustrating song by far. And then he posts a link to a YouTube song. Check this out. I mean, I don't know if that's word for word what it is, but I see what he meant by that. Yeah, no, I go with that. I mean, it's a pretty good analysis. A very, very analytical comment. Right, I mean, if if they ever redid Risky Business Soundtrack, I would give Deadsy the option. Absolutely, absolutely. That was a really good comment, man. Like, I mean, that 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 says it all, uh, <laughs> and uh, and we definitely appreciate it. And glad that you liked the uh, podcast, uh, despite me screwing up the origin of uh, she likes big words. Well, I think the recurring theme here was that Deadsy is making new material, and she likes big words is not a cover song. So, yeah, yeah congratulations, yeah. dude. We've been thoroughly corrected by the community. <laughs> yeah, I, I did send a response in which I said, yeah, I screwed up on that saying she likes big words was a flock of seagulls cover. For some reason, I thought it was at that moment. I've been since corrected multiple times. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's funny, but I really wish that I knew more about 80s Britpop. Episode 38, Discuss Metal versus Roach Coach. Max Nystrom says, great. To which I said, thank you very much. <laughs> Short and sweet. I like it. Uh, in regards to what episode forty-three, Project eighty-six. Man, we did a lot of episodes in, <laughs> at the end of twenty seventeen, didn't we? We get a lot of episodes, and we got a lot of feedback all at once. <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> that was our Project eighty-six episode with uh, Dustin from Drunken Lullabies. Thank you so much, Dustin, for doing that episode with us. We'll see you next time. 
Yeah, and uh, so this tweet comes from at AAult1. I guess I never stepped back and realized just how all over the place Project 86 is musically. Uh, <laughs> right. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, uh, to which Joe said, but aren't those places just so satisfying? <laughs> nice, dude. He also tweeted uh, in response to the Rob Zombie with James Rolfe episode, give me Hellbilly Deluxe or give me death. I played the hell out of Twisted Metal 3, due in part to much of this album being on the game soundtrack. Nothing like blowing up cars while listening to Super Beast. Yes, absolutely. That's, I 100% yeah, you agree with you know you that. love that sinister urge. <laughs> yeah, no joke. He goes on to say, I think it was Joe who said he was listening to The Offspring recently. Any chance of seeing them in the near future? Saw them at the Rock on the Range Fest last year. Uh, amazing performance. I could listen to most of their catalog all day long. Um, to which case, Joe decided to throw that into my wheelhouse. <laughs> he said, with very limited exception. I'm not sure they would be considered metal. Maybe Discuss Metal Dan will authorize a variety show where we can discuss bands that aren't exactly metal. Well, I don't know about that, Joe. You know, I mean, I, come I, on. I, I like, At least I like once my you're... metal. Uh-huh. What about April Fools? Like, could we do April Fools and talk about the Offspring? It's discussmetal.com, Joe. I mean, come I on. I know. Dude. Realistically, this is what I told him. I said I'm not opposed to doing some non-metal discussions from time to time, as long as we keep our main focus on metal. So that's like my non-asshole response to it. <laughs> so what you're saying is, if the people want it, we're going to do it eventually. Absolutely, absolutely. That's how we do. And on the Facebook side of things, I got a Facebook message from Joey Reeman. Not Ryman. Reeman Reeman returns. Reeman Reeman, he's back. And uh, he said, great pod today, guys, or whenever it was. It was the Thrash episode. Um, he goes, you guys forgot a current Philadelphia Thrash powerhouse, though. Uh, the band is called uh, Vector, and the album is called Terminal Redux, and he sent me a link to listen to that. Um, if you guys haven't heard it, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, well, since you sent me that message, I have definitely heard it, and I definitely enjoy it. So uh, I'll be checking out as much of their stuff as I can. And uh, you never know, we may uh, we may end up talking about them at some point here on the show. So, um, Joe, we, we, we can even put maybe a link to that in the show notes. Yes, I'll we send can. You the, yeah, I'll send, I'll send you the link that he sent me so that uh, everybody else that's listening can uh, can check that out as well. Is that it? Did we, did we make it? We made it through all the feedback, man. You know, you start asking people to, you know, comment on your show, and then they all do it at once, and then it turns into that. Right. Thank you, everybody, for hanging in there with us. Uh, I hope that that becomes a recurring theme on the show. That's what we like. We like hearing from you guys because how else are we going to know how bad we're doing? Right, right. Yeah, if, I, if I'm out there telling you stuff is a cover song and it's not a cover song, right, that's information I need to know. I need to be corrected for sure on that stuff. So um, there's one last thing I'd like to do, and that is to shout out Dave Cassidy, who is our sole Patreon supporter. Uh, we love you, Dave. We really appreciate you uh, contributing to our show financially. Uh, it really helps us out, helps us pay for uh, pay for some things. Um, if you want to become a patron, you can uh, you can go to our Patreon page and uh, definitely contribute whatever you feel like you need to contribute. Um, if you don't have any money to contribute, that's totally fine. We love providing this podcast as a free thing for you guys to listen to. Um, it's just something we enjoy doing, and we're glad that uh, we're glad that you guys are here and that you're listening. So, um, awesome. We, we, are, are we ready, Joe? Are we ready to dive in? We are ready to dive in, Dan. Tell me about American Standards. American Standards is a chaotic hardcore band from Phoenix, Arizona. 
they put out their first release, official release, called Still Life in 2012. And I got to tell you, Joe, this band is seriously intense. My review of this band when we had our first interaction way back in April was it's Norma Jean mixed with real raw punk rock. And it was all about the energy and about the intensity. And I said to you, this is a band that just put their best foot forward and left their bad feet behind them. Because the first thing you're going to hear when you put in their main releases, which are Still Life and Anti-Melody, they also have two other releases, The Death of Rhythm and Blues and Hungry Hands, but those are more quick EP releases. I think one of them was a 7-inch vinyl. Yeah, well, it's all quick. I mean... No, no joke about that. That it's all quick. What, what is the total here on their actual release time? If you take both EPs and both full lengths and put them together, you have a total of an hour and five minutes worth of music. Please understand, though, that this is not a bad thing. No, because I don't know about you, but like, how often, how often do you listen to a record where it just seems like the band takes three or four tracks to really get started? or their their intros go on forever you know they're they're long plotting boring instrumentals don't get me wrong guys i love i love all that shit but with american standards you are getting punched in the face from the first second you turn this thing on um, i'm talking about still life right now um the, I mean, it literally just starts off with what you can expect. You know, uh, Still Life starts off with a song called Self-Titled, or rather Self-Entitled. <laughs> and um, it's just it's just Brandon Kellum screaming into a microphone. Um, and one of the first things that you're going to notice about this band is this is not a band that's talking about their girlfriend or, you know, th- their, their mom took their you know cigarettes away and now they're mad about it or anything like that um the opening lines of still life are the distraction lasts a little while but the problem still remains we're measuring our happiness and wealth and capital gains so at that point you know you are in for something that is going to bludgeon you it is not going to be something that you necessarily feel good after listening to this is a beatdown but it's truth that you need to hear. This is free of a lot of the lyrical tropes that chaotic bands like to use, where it's just, you know, really cool one-liners and, and you know, just really flashy stuff. Um, American Standard comes out of the gate with uh, Raised by Wolves, which is just a really crazy, heavy... I don't know how to describe it, Joe. I mean, it's just that... They're popping on all cylinders all the time. And you're looking at songs that are like, you know, maybe a minute and a half to two minutes long. There's so much passion in that minute and a half that you don't need an excessively long song to make your point, you know? I call it hardcore punk rock. Yeah? It's fast. It's over before it ends. It's intelligent. And it's intense. You want you're engaged for a very short amount of time, but you're completely engaged. It's almost like punk rock for people with ADD, right? <laughs> and 
Yeah. I've been out of the hardcore punk scene for a while. I keep in touch with some people that will always be in the hardcore punk scene. When I had late mid to late 2000s hardcore punk explained to me, it was all about get in and get out. It was about the two-minute song. It was about I have a verse and I have another verse and then we move on to the next song. And while I thought it was kind of a gimmick, I respect it because it's a very 70s punk mentality. Play fast, get in, make everybody pay attention to what you're doing, and then move on. We got thrash metal the last time somebody did that. So I wonder what we're going to get from this, because this is the aftermath of bands like Norma Jean, who aren't doing Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child, they're doing Polar Similar. Right. And over here we have American Standards doing The Anti-Melody and Still Life. And I'm in every time I listen to it. This is my 30-minute lunch break. I'm going to put on Still Life and then go back to work. Dude, Still Life in one of the EPs, man. You, you couldn't stop me after I'm listening to Still Life. For my hour lunch break, I pretty much get it all in. Well, yeah, I mean, you start shortly before you walk back in, right? <laughs> right. Well, I'm being a little facetious in the sense that I, at my job, I can pretty much listen to music all day. So, well, you know, I, I, I do. We all have um, our corporate restrictions. <laughs> well, I have one location in my job that it is literally like an hour, about an hour and 10 minutes away from my other location. So when I have to drive there, uh, it hasn't been that unusual in the past eight months or so for me to listen to all the American Standards albums while I'm <laughs> driving. And, uh, and I don't have a problem with it. And typically I make fun of bands for being that slow. But like, I think, I think if you're trying to deliver a quick, swift punch in the face, it has to be quick and swift. And that's what we have here. Um, it's, 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 it hurts. It's painful. But, uh, you know, for dudes that like stuff like the chariot or Norma Jean or converge or every time I die, you know, like bands like that are cool i love all those bands that i just mentioned but there's something about american standards that that's really endearing to me over time in the sense that like it just feels profound but isn't like trying to load me down with like good vibes either does that make sense like um like yeah. in paradigm alt shift delete you know he says a wolf in sheep's clothing at the company masquerade soul train down the profit margin i'm just trying to keep my head above the water it's getting harder every day and like that's not something that like i feel good about like that's that to me like i i take this song personally um i take this song personally in the sense that you know i work a corporate job and um it's just day in and day out and then the whole thing of i'm just trying to keep my head above the water it's getting harder every day you know like every you know i mean just a couple days ago joe i remember i was talking to you on the phone and you know i just worked a 21 hour shift in my job you know and that's not the first time that it's happened you know and uh, it does seem like it's getting harder and harder you know and he's just becoming one with the machine i don't know where it ends and when we begin they remove the heart but demand the function you know like that's oh my goodness you know all all for progress and production i really feel like when i listen to this band that somebody let the hardcore band in the back door and now the people in the cubicles don't know what to do they don't know what hit them it's <laughs> right. very smart at the same time 
Well, I feel like that song is sung from the cubicle. You know what I mean? Like it's um, it's rough and like it doesn't make me feel particularly good, but at the same time, it it makes me feel better knowing that like somebody else out there gets it. And it's I, I haven't really connected with a with a chaotic heavy band like this lyrically in a very long time because yeah, the lyrics are well written and they're poetic and yes, they rhyme sometimes, but like. The thing about it is that, like, it's just very honest and very easy to pick up on what the meaning of the songs actually are. And that this is something that, that really follows them throughout their career. Um, I do think that Still Life, especially the song Still Life, that song is extremely emotional. And I don't mean emotional as in, like, like broody or, you know, like like a spoiled rich kid or something. <laughs> you right. know, like, I don't, I don't mean it like that. Like, you know, like my girlfriend broke up with me or that sort of thing. Like... The song Still Life just like really hits me like a sack of pricks, you know. Um, at the end of the song, he says, "When I had hit the bo- when I thought I had hit the bottom, you handed me a shovel." But maybe, baby, we were buried from the beginning. Oh, I feel like I've been digging 26 years just to get to ground level. So I climb and I climb to get to rock bottom. Sometimes I feel like I'm stuck in the still life, and like that, dude, like that is that is beyond profound because it's personal. Yeah, it's really easy. It's really easy for like a punk hardcore band like this to just talk about politics, you know, and like there is a little bit of that, but like they don't necessarily take like a definitive political stance on things like a lot of these lyrics are like really personal, you know, talk about like stagnation, you know, which is what we all kind of fall victim to. And um, this song really, really ties up the record really well. And I think I think we're at like minute seventeen, you know, by the time this 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 fucker rolls on, you know, like this is this is real stuff. And like back in uh, when was that, Joe? Was that April? April twenty seventeen. Yeah. So like back in April, when Brandon contacted us on uh, on Twitter, saying, you know, hey guys, you know, I saw you have a podcast, I want to talk to you or whatever. You know, I immediately went, you know, on my. Uh, on my Apple Music, and I listened to everything that American Standards had released, and really just reading reading the lyrics to Still Life, and really getting into the uh, really getting into the songs and figuring out what they were about. I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely, I definitely want to talk to this guy. <laughs> you know, right? It was really cool, and that's not to take away from the rest of the band. Um, I'm a vocalist, so like I, I tend to gravitate towards the vocalist on a lot of things, uh, especially whenever the lyrical content is so strong. This is really chaotic, and the band is tight here, but not like so tight that it's like, you know, it's not tight like a Meshuga or a Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza or something like that, where like it's so tight you can't drop a pin between the riffs. Like the band is good. There's a little bit of like first take stuff going on here where like they're just playing, they're playing the song to, to the best of their ability the first time and keeping that. And that really that really allows the like the riffs and the drums to like you know, to the guitars and drums to like really really work off of each other and um, it just has this really organic full feeling to it and uh, I, I have to say I think still like probably is the best sounding American standards record and uh, I like it a lot um, and it was it was my personal favorite uh, until they released uh, anti melody a little while later. I do want to take a minute to talk about the death of rhythm and blues. Um, we, we have so few releases here that um, I think it, it is worth talking about uh, some of the some of the shorter releases. Like we said in the beginning, 
or middle, depending on how you view our listener feedback. Uh, one hour and five minutes of music. <laughs> right. So I, I want to make sure that we um, that we give these guys the, uh, the their due credit, you know. Um, so in, in, in the spirit of that, I'd like to move on to the death of rhythm and blues. Let's talk about it. What did you think of this record, Joe? This one was kind of in the middle for me. I I heard Still Life. I heard Hungry Hands, which I know came out later. Yeah. And then I came back to the death of Rhythm and Blues, and as soon as I heard Dead Man's Victory, I was in. I thought yeah. it was just a continuation of the previous thing. Being an engineer, I hear albums for what they technically are a lot of the time, so okay, this is a band that did the exact same thing on a different day with a different set of microphones and a different person behind the board. Other than that, everything else is the same. It's just a continuation. I think a band can do a natural progression where they grow from, to use Metallica as an example, there's a natural progression from Kill 'Em All to Master of Puppets to the Black Album. Then there's a continuation which I would say is a lot of underground punk. Or, to use a band we talked about in our comments, like The Offspring, they just keep doing the same thing. It just sounds a little different than it did on the last record. And that was my review of this, was I, I still love it. Yeah, I was so stoked on I was so stoked on Still Life. And this record really... Um, it hit me... It kind of hit me a little bit more in the feels, I guess. Like, it's, it's more upbeat... Uh, in places but there's more like there's more melody in the songs than we had before a little bit more emotional uh brandon brandon like talks during the songs a little bit more and um you know the screaming's a little bit more high pitched a little bit more emotional and um and i really like that um i agree with joe that that for the most part putting the two records together that it's definitely a, a continuation but i do hear progression on this and uh I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really cool. I liked, uh, I liked at the end of uh, misery or the kind of in the middle of misery relapse, um, the lyrics. Uh, I've got this hell to pay, but my pockets have been emptied. Oh, I was saying the blues till I was blue in the face, um, which is a little bit more humorous, you know, than than what we had on Still Life. Still Life was like so damn serious, you know, and uh, and I like that, you know, me being kind of more of a pretentious asshole type. I, I like super serious music but this was this was a little bit better because it had it had that seriousness um kind of that feeling of helplessness but at the same time it was also a little bit more positive you know throwing throwing a few uh a through a, a few funny one-liners and stuff you can you can tell that there that there was more influence from stuff like the chariot you know who's really really well known for having their like one-liner lyrics and um i, I really liked the death of rhythm of blues and um you know, with it with it clocking in, I think it what was it like ten minutes or something? Fourteen. Uh fourteen minutes. So it's only three minutes shorter than still life, you know? So the songs are longer, you know, to make up for that. Because you've got a five song EP where I think Still Life had like what, seven or eight songs. But yeah, no, I really like this and honestly if you take these two, slap them together, make them into one album, I think you'll be very pleased with what you have. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> 
All right, so Hungry Hands uh, somehow achieves the impossible and is, in fact, even shorter than uh, the Death of Rhythm and Blues as well as Still Life. Uh, this, this little three-song EP clocks about five minutes total. Something like that. Yeah, you get three songs, Casket Party, Circus Rats, and the Complex Death Machine. They really, they really amped up the, uh, the, the chaos on this one. Uh, this is a little bit less broody than what we had on the previous two releases. Um, not to say those releases were super broody. I mean, they were still super chaotic and, and kind of off the wall. But uh, you know, when you hear Casket Party, I mean, they're they've gone they've gone off the rails, and they are more focused on the chaos of it all here uh, than they were before. It's weird. Uh, Brandon Kellum kind of sings, which he did a little bit before, but. Uh, but yeah, it sounds cool, and uh, it doesn't sound forced. It's brief, and uh, I think it sounds really cool. Um, Casket Party really just kicks your ass. I mean, I'm really, really, really into it. Um, the the awesome lyrics are still there, um, and what you got with these three songs is you got kind of more of a um, more of a feeling of what we were going to get on Andy Melody. Uh, I have the seven inch vinyl as well as the uh, cassette version. I'd say let's move it right along then and talk about Anti-Melody. All right. Because I know you got danger music in your mind. Oh, I do. Anti-Melody. Very strangely named album because, well, there is melody on this record. Right. Uh, so this thing this thing starts off, I mean, with a bang, which is, you know, typical American standard stuff. Uh, you know, Brandon comes in screaming, dancing around, and it's just one of the coolest... Uh, one of the coolest songs on here. Um, it's about. It, it's really another song about stagnation, and I love it. I love every second of it. Um, he says, "I painted myself into a hole. I gave up my heart to find a soul. I quit my crimes, but still cast your stones. The pigs eat filth because it's all they know." And that is just like amazing. Um, there was a there was a review for this that referred to this record as full of piss and vinegar. and uh that's not far off the mark this record is insane in it's insanity parts you know it's it's chaotic parts. really the first three songs just kind of don't let up um writer's flock party is is bombastic and kind of really face carpe diem tomorrow kicks in and it's just another full-on blast not strong on lyrics not strong on track length i mean it just it just goes, and you need to be along for the ride. Uh, and then it bursts into Church Burner, which is just another crazy. I mean, like they're just—they're not letting up. They're not letting up at all. And uh, and I love that about this record. But uh, some of the songs that I found really notable on Anti Melody were um, kind of the kind of the more different songs that they did. Uh, track four kicks in, Bartenders Without Wings, and this sounds like. I mean, for lack of a better term, this sounds like an emo song, uh, uh, <laughs> like an early tooth and nail, you know, kind of song. And I love it. I mean, it's, it's shouted, like the vocals are, for the most part, shouted, really passionate, really heartfelt. And it's just really, it's a really a different sound for them, but I think it fits them really well. And then you got Cancer Eater, which is just straight thrash metal kicking right off. Yeah. Oh, God, dude. Cancer Eater is insane. But we cannot ignore. So, like, so yeah, we get we get bartender for that wink, which is a a very melodic, passionate, heartfelt song. 
um, some really great singing at the end of it. I mean, it's a really good song, and um, that's why I laugh whenever this record's called Anti Melody because that's that did a very melodic song on this record, albeit it's kind of the only one. But it is, you know, kind of works against the anti melody theme. But once that's over, it goes into probably what is my favorite song, not just on this album, but like ever. I mean, still, life comes really close. But this this song is just dissonance, 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 dissonance. Clocking in it, you know, probably just under two minutes. It is not a slow burn. It is literally just in your face the entire time, and I love it. Much like every American Standards release, there is a multitude of songs that are constantly in your face. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and, and the way the way you just go right into Cancer Eater after it, I don't know what else to say. Like, it, I feel kind of weird just, like, praising the band as much as I have, but, like, these guys don't give themselves enough credit. Um, this is an extremely emotional song. Um, and I would definitely encourage you guys to check out the lyrics to it. Um, if you go on Bandcamp, you can actually read all the lyrics to every song. Um, and a lot of the, you know, the, they, they give away a lot of free stuff on Bandcamp too. So you definitely need to, need to you know. Yeah, there, there's no excuse not to listen to this band. Yeah, there really isn't. If you're if you're into chaotic heavy stuff, this is it. I mean, this is this is cream of the crop stuff, you know. And uh, and and I. This isn't just because like I'm you know friends with Brandon or whatever. You're like this isn't like a we didn't do this episode as like a favor to him. You know it was literally just we've had eight months or nine months to to really digest everything that we've gotten from this band. And um, at this point in time, they're kind of my go-to band for this style of music. Um, one of my one one really big standout for me is uh, Chicago Overcoat, which is um, a really kind of a slower track that's like a slower track for them i don't know like it's just got this really like dank decayed slow angry feel to it and it's definitely like a really good bad day song right (laughs) and i mean this record just kind of comes in kicks your ass and leaves just like they always have i think it comes in like what joe like 22 minutes 24 minutes 24 so it's the it's it's the bulk of their discography for sure and honestly, if you could only buy one American Standards record, I would definitely go with Anti Melody, like for sure, without any hesitation. Um, the other releases are really cool, and I definitely encourage you to check those out. But Anti Melody is really where it's at, and I can't wait to hear what the band does in the future. I'm gonna say that my final thoughts on this band are exactly what you said a moment ago. They come in, they kick your ass, they leave. It's just, what flavor of ass-kicking would you like today? Right. Yeah, there's there's a 31 flavors of ass-kiss... Uh, or, I'm sorry, 31 flavors of ass-kicking that go on here. And, um, and yeah, so, I mean, I you know, my final thoughts are, you guys are doing great. Keep it up, you know? Um, I don't, I don't want to hear about this band breaking up or slowing down anytime soon, and I don't think that that's... Uh, I don't think that's on the, in the cards. I think uh, I think this is not the last we're going to hear from American Standards. What's your album of the week? My album of the week? Ooh, uh, well, I've been listening to a little three-song EP called Crush Satan by a band called Tetelestai. Really hope I pronounced that right because we're going to be talking to them soon. And uh, they have a really cool... Um, they have a really cool three-song EP. You can check them out at a new heavy. Uh, if you t- just 
just Google the term a new heavy and they'll come up. So uh, it's really cool stuff, really chaotic, uh, you know, like American standards. And I like it. Um, definitely, definitely something worth checking out. I've been listening to Tom Waits, Bad As Me. Nice. Good old Tom Waits. I know, right? What do we have coming up in the next few weeks? Because we've had a lot of listener feedback and I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be tuning in. Yeah, coming up, um, we have at least, uh, well, not officially booked, but going to happen soon. Um, the first one that is officially booked is we will be talking to Scott Mellinger from Zayo next week uh, about the band Carcass, uh, which will be a, a full-on discography discussion about the band, and uh, we'll get uh, we'll get Scott's thoughts and what he likes about Carcass, and uh, that'll be really cool. Um, really love having Scott on the show. He's he's one of our one of our favorite people to talk to, and um, you know we've got uh, we've got interviews. We're working on getting set up with Tatelstai, and uh, there's a new band that I've been really loving lately called uh, Not Beneath. Uh, their record drops on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday the 16th of January, and uh, I will be listening to that. And uh, if I like it as much as I think I I will, um, I'll probably end up putting a full review of that CD up on uh, up on the blog soon, the blog metal, and. Um, that's that's all i got uh for for right now uh, oh yeah <laughs> how could i forget the obvious one uh we will be talking to brandon kellum next week uh about under Oath's discography brandon kellum from american standards um he's been on the show several times and he's uh definitely more than just a guest at this point i mean i i almost kind of consider him kind of our fourth beetle you know <laughs> well, hopefully he decides to show up after this episode posts all right yeah i know i think he will that's all I got, Joe. And on that note, this has been episode 46 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Yeah, we do. 